Hello, and welcome to a new episode of A Weathered Anchor. I'm Coach Britt. I'm a holistic life coach and owner of Anchored Consulting and Coaching. And I'm really excited to have my friend Kay back with me today. Um, if you've been following us, you know that Kay and I met like a year and a half ago, and he was my first ever podcast recording. And now it's just led us to going live every Sunday on TikTok, most every Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I guess at 6 p.m. UK, if Kay and I have our shit together. <laughs> um, and then we record, so I'm excited. And as usual, we're going to be talking dating and relationships. So welcome back, Kay. Thank you. Thank um, you very much. It feels like it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a long time. Like we've only done, remember when we first started, we were going to do like once, I was like, you got to be on like once a month and that just, well, life, yeah. life. Life, exactly. <laughs> life. Life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So talking in the name of relationships today, we've got some good questions we're going to throw out. Um we're just going to start with, so both Kay and I have been cheated on in, in relationships. So my first question is, how did you learn you were being cheated on? How did you figure it out? Oh, okay. So I, how can I even explain this? I think you, you get it. You get a feeling to start with. It, it was a bit of a weird one because you know, when you feel something is not going right, and you don't want to think about it, but that feeling is just always like at the back of your mind thinking something's changed. Like she's not being as open. She's not being as close. And in instantly I thought, okay, it's just because of work. You know, maybe, you know, so I tried to help where I can, but nothing was changing over the weeks and months. And eventually I had to address it. So I told her, hey, look, I feel like there's something different between our, you know, what's going on between us. I can feel the distance and everything. And she said, no, no, that's fine. Everything is okay. And of course, there's nothing I can do. But after a couple of months, I, it started, the distance started getting more and more like bigger. And I thought, okay, now I know something is definitely wrong. And eventually I had to confront her and I said, hey, look, what's happening here? And again, she reassured me something, everything was fine. And then one Sunday, I usually go to a house on a Sunday because I'll cook dinner and you know we'll chill just before the week gets crazy because we don't see each other every single day. And I ended up at her house and I've got I've got the keys by the way because I'm always getting there every Sunday. So I've gone into the kitchen, started cooking, and then this guy came down the stairs, and I thought, Oh, you were there? I was there. I was in the kitchen. Obviously, he didn't know. He didn't know I, was, I had the keys. So he came down the stairs from obviously the rooms upstairs, and I'm like, um, "Hello, <laughs> who are you?" Wow. Uh, that was a bit of a. I think instantly he knew because obviously I'm in the kitchen cooking, so I feel like it looks like I'm, it's my house. And he kind of stared at me for a couple of seconds. I thought, "Oh, I know what's going on here." And yeah, and that was it. Um, what did he do? You know what? Weirdly enough, he was actually quite calm about it. <laughs> well, Kate, you're not exactly the most petite guy. I don't know that I'd really get mouthy with you. Even though I know you're a big fat teddy bear, I wouldn't fuck with you. It was one of those situations where I thought, this is going to get awkward real fast. Like, if you can't give me a good explanation. My, a big part of my brain thought, please just say you're the brother I never <laughs> knew about. 
<laughs> but yeah, of course, that would have been too easy. Um, yeah, he just said, Look, listen, she said you two are broken up, and I don't know why, you know, I don't think I don't think you should be here. And I'm like, Well, when did she tell you that? She went, Well, about a month, you know, ago, which is when I started noticing the gap get bigger. And mm-hmm. yeah, he just said, Well, she said you were broken up, you were done. So I didn't have anything to worry about. I was like, well, if I was done, then I should have had the keys, right, to our house. It was very, uh, <laughs> it was very interesting because at that point, you never know what you feel like. You, you, you can't put, there's a lot of things going through your mind and you're trying to work out what is happening right in front of you. Right. But yeah. I just had to, I had to leave. It's like my little signature. But I, can't sure. pick up but I, I also find it, I find it interesting that you didn't like try to fight him because I I've, I've never understood like me and my guy have never understood how when you find out you're being cheated on and you go after the other person like the problem is your partner period even That's if real. the other person knows they're in a relationship it's it's crappy that they did it but the problem is yeah. still your person so like why am I going to beat the crap out of some chick oh. if I went on me being cheated I'd be like uh that's the last thing so i mean oh 100 percent, 100 percent. i am with you on this one like because but i'm okay look i'm gonna put my hands up if i'm being honest i want us to beat the crap out of him like that was my first okay. instinct i'm just just i don't want to lie out here but i <laughs> wanted i wanted to use him as a bloody brush and just just wipe the floor with him but <laughs> thankfully i didn't yeah. um but the thought did cross my mind for, for a couple of seconds. Well, I uh, think it's but, normal, but then it's like there's too much happening at once, and so I think the best thing is get the hell out, you know, so that so you don't have to choose violence. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, because the truth is, I do think with men is it's like you may feel like a, that huge rage and that testosterone flies through the roof, and you want to beat the crap out of somebody, and it's not going to be the girl if you care and you're not a crappy human being. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 uh, understandable to me, but you know, yeah, it it would have been the easy option to go for him, obviously, rather than her. Yeah. So I'm like, but at that point, I I was able to just go look. I'm just gonna yeah. leave. I literally just left everything on you mm-hmm. know, in the house, walked out, um, and then between the time I went for a drive and whatever, I had like 16 missed calls or something along those lines, and I obviously I knew who the calls were coming from, and I parked the car up, got my message, and I got to my messages. I just read the paragraph she wrote. Um, it was something along the lines of, um, what did he tell me? And I'm like, hold on. That's what you want to know? That, that's the interesting that's your thing. your first question? That's your first question in, the, in this whole thing? What he said to me? What? So I can tell you what he said, so you can then, what, twist it and tell me yeah. lies? I'm like, no, I'm not telling you that. I just no. told her, look, she needs to explain herself. I'm like, she said, oh, yeah, come back to the house. I was like, if I come back to the house, are you going to explain yourself? She said, oh, yeah, I just need to find out what he told you first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was I was completely done. I was, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it took me a couple of days uh, to kind of get my head. Kind of oh, yeah, out. to even just bring it back to some, some small level of sanity. It's kind of wild. Like, I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I do, but I don't. Okay, so I don't understand the need to cheat. If you are unhappy, 
If you are not somebody that is a monogamous mentality, there is no problem with that until you screw somebody else's life up because you couldn't be a big enough person to say, this is what I need and want. And, you know, but then people become selfish or they convince themselves that they can change for another person. And at the core, people are not going to change. They might grow. They may go through different phases. But like if you are a person that knows that you can't just be with one person, a monogamous relationship is not for you. And in today's society where it's okay to have a thruple or a quad hundred, whatever (laughs) Hefner lifestyle, why would you even pretend you want to be monogamous? Like you can, you can claim you're a freaking bird and call yourself whatever. So why can't you just be (laughs) out and about with, I'm not a monogamous person. Why Why? And then my second question is like, how much of a crappy human being are you to be willing to betray somebody and hurt somebody's heart and, and soul to that level of betrayal? I just don't understand it. You have got to be a crappy person. Oh, it was crazy because I I used to, I I have the same mindset as well. That Look, if the whole monogamous thing is not your thing, it's not the other world. You know, right. I, you know, at some point in my life, if I if I could have offered you offered you that, then yeah, let's do it. You know, it's fun, it's an experience. Let's cross it off our list. But if you say to me you want to be with me and I want to be with you, it's a it's a one person thing. And how sad is it? People. How sad is it? I mean, I guess maybe it's not sad. Maybe that that's not what I intend to sound judgy about. But I guess the the culture of dating in society now is you have to be specific. I'm a monogamous person. I don't share. Yeah. And I exactly. and it's the same way that it's like this is a hard no for me. I mean, you shouldn't have to tell somebody you're never allowed to lay your hands on me. But we live in such a wild world where it's like, right, do we really have to say the obvious things because people just lack i want to say if you, it comes across as like lacking moral character but morals can be subjective and i and i never want to like judge or put people into a box because i never want to be judged or put into a box for living my life the way i best see fit for me but i don't live my life the way i see best for me at the cost of any other human me living my life true to my values and who i am as a human being is never going to cause harm to somebody else in that way. It just won't because I'm not a shitty person. So it's like, just be honest. And that is something that we can't do anymore because we talked about this on our lives, like how people are so desperate for honesty, but they're so afraid to ask those tough questions. Like, do you want kids? That needs to come up in the first three dates because you are somebody that it's a hard no. If you don't want children, then I can't, no matter how great we are together, because that is something that is a hard no for me. Like I want children. So nobody gets to judge that. It can suck if you, if you want to date Kay (laughs) and you don't want to have kids, just know, just don't knock on that. (laughs) It's not going to happen. But you know, it's like, we have to be willing for that. And, and I think that that's where where we've just really lost touch. People just, we don't know how to be honest. And, and, and if you're in a relationship and you're, and I, I truly believe that there's a small percentage of people that cheat just because they're not monogamous. I I really believe that a lot of times people cheat 
when their relationship is struggling, when there's an intimacy disconnect. And I don't just mean sexually. I think, I think even well-intentioned, good, moral, strong character people mm. become weak. Because, and I've seen that. Now, I mean, I would love to sit and say that I would never be that person because I really don't think I would. But who knows? See, and and I, I think been. cheating happens for a lot of reasons, but it it at its core is never okay. And it's because you don't know how to communicate. You're not communicating well with your person. That's the thing. I, I I'm I'm at that point where or oh, after that experience, and obviously she came back to me to say, Oh, you know, she just doesn't feel the same way, uh, the mm -hmm. way, you know, like she felt when we met, which was like a year ago. And I yeah. know there's a lot of a lot of things can change in a year, of course. Sure. A lot of things can change in three months, you know, you just never know. But at the same time, I kind of, it got to a point, I was actually thinking, obviously, when it, or whenever this was playing out, I was thinking maybe it was my fault because I thought, oh, maybe I didn't give her, like, I didn't make her feel comfortable enough for her to be able to come to me, that things were changing. And I started, you know, putting the blame on myself. And then it took me a while, and one of my close friends, actually, to make it very clear to me to go, nah, number one, you can't blame yourself i know you've come up with these excuses but you can't blame yourself whatever it is she made the choice not to tell you that she was feeling distance that she wasn't feeling the same way and she would rather just go out there and go see someone else and it was weird because she did weirdly enough she did try to come back but at that point i was so far out i was like nah so i'm one of those people where my trust is i'll give it to you like but the moment you betray it I don't do second chances with trust. Anything else in my life, we can yeah. do second chances. But my trust is is it's, it's a one way. It's, it's it's final kind of thing. And I and I, that's what I actually keep as well. So like, if you give me your trust, if I betray that trust, I wouldn't even come back to you to try and get it again unless right. you specifically ask me to do it. Right. Because I, I right. feel like you know you so trusted me. I've messed it up. Mm -hmm. Well, and and that's big, you know. And to each their own. If I mean working in mental health, studying mental health, I have seen some people's relationships come back bigger, stronger than ever, because at the point of cheating and betrayal, you have two options. It's I'm done and I'm walking, or now we're throwing everything on the table, good, bad, ugly, everything. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have this conversation and we're going to break down what broke down, what works well, and can we choose to do this? So there, there is, there are couples that come back from it stronger and badder than ever. And I don't tell anybody that that's, that there's right or wrong with that. And so I think, um, I think that's a rare couple because I think once trust is betrayed, it's, huge, huge betrayal. And I want to also go back to something that you said earlier, which made me just think that even if you're disconnected, even if your relationship is hanging on by a thread, if you cheat, it is still your choice. There's no excuse that validates your cheating. Is it understandable at times? Sure, because I've seen the best people in my life debate stepping out because they had such crappy marriages and they didn't. But the convert that's when as an adult, I understood how somebody could be led to that. But at the end of the day, it's still a choice to trash your own character in doing such a thing. Oh, that's just 100%. that's what I believe. 
everything is still a choice. If somebody comes at me and they're angry and a lunatic, I choose how I respond, regardless of how absurd the other human being is being. Like, it's interesting because people want to be in control and they want to feel powerful, but they don't even think about how they can control themselves and be powerful with themselves. So you have no emotional regulation. You can't control where you accidentally slip and what hoo-ha you fall into <laughs> or what dang dang you fall on top of. You were just helpless at that point. Like, are you kidding me? So own your shit. That's my thing. Own your shit. Like, is it understandable that you're looking for emotional fulfillment? And if somebody else steps into that, 100%, like, we would all be liars if we didn't say we could understand that logically. Yeah. But well, it doesn't excuse if you make that choice to cheat, period. There we go. But now, that, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, because no, I'm just thinking, yeah, that, you know, that, that, that period where you feel like someone else has filled whatever you're missing. For me, it's always the dangerous bit, like because yeah. it, it, you never know if it's going to be a permanent solution for you. And the majority of the time, when you do fall for it and it's not, you ended up thinking, "Hold on, I've just fell for this twenty percent, and I had eighty percent at home, and yeah. and now you, you've ruined eighty for twenty, and you find out this guy is." has none of the qualities that what the 80% had, right. but he only had the 20%. And he filled like, a void in your darkest moment. And let's be real, the slimy men, I really believe most people know if you're in a relationship when when you cheat. I mean, it's really rare that that, that gets carried on for any amount of time. Now, yeah. if you are opening up, whether you're male or female, opening up to somebody else in the lowest parts of your relationship, you're already emotionally cheating. Um, in my opinion. And then secondly, like you're giving any manipulator, any regular human sees this moment of Captain save -a and they can step. But the truth is, use it as well. oh, 100%. And then you're giving them all the tools to know how to make you feel everything that you're lacking. You're playing with fire. You should not be opening up to somebody else about your, your relationship, especially if it's the opposite sex. True. And Very a disclaimer true. to anybody listening, Kay and I speak from a hetero perspective. It's not to discredit the rest <laughs> of the year. We both just are hetero. So we speak from a hetero perspective and I just want to be clear. We're not discrediting the other communities. Terms and conditions. <laughs> oh, Lord, these days. So I think, you know, back to the, so back to the question, you know, I've been cheated on. Um, and I figured it out through social media. Um, and there came a point where he was saying like, oh, I don't do, I don't do Facebook. And this is like back in 2000 and I got to think about this, 2015. So, um, Anyway, the long story short was I happened to come across his page because, you know, when your phone number's in somebody's phone and it pops up as a suggestion yeah. and I look at his page and I'm like, he just changed his cover photo to this picture of him holding some girl's hand looking at the sun. Who the fuck is this girl? So now going through his page like a psycho, which is really fun. The gaslighters, you know, when you when you get caught, when he got caught cheating, he was like, why would you, why were you snooping through my social media? Excuse me, snooping 
I thought it was your girlfriend and you won't even be friends with me on the Facebook you don't have that I actually found and somehow I'm the lunatic. This is gaslighting 101 right there. How dare you snoop through my this and that. Get out of here. But that's how I figured it out. And then I figured out who she was because anything that he did have publicly posted, she liked every single one of them. And then there was one comment where she was like, oh, babe, this and that. And I was like, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think not to give away the cheat code here, but, you know, you losers want some uh, insights. Here you go. Um, change behavior sent, tends to be like the biggest, yeah. the biggest. Suddenly, like, like, I mean, and I'm talking, I'm going to get in like nitty gritty. Say you have somebody that doesn't necessarily groom their Southern parts, but then all of a sudden the Southern parts are being groomed. Mm -hmm. um, different requests for different things sexually. Like we've never done that. Where'd that come from? Um, it, and then we're talking little things like, we don't, you're not as affectionate. It's not as snuggly. Um, always on your that, phone. That, that's a big one for me. The affectionate one. Yeah, because, because that, was, that, that was the one I noticed. Yeah, that was the one I noticed. And it was weird because your brain, you always try to talk yourself out of it. That, hey, yeah, stop yeah we gaslight ourselves. It's called self-gaslighting. Yeah. We really do. It was weird because the, the first couple of weeks, initially, I like I said, everything in my in my brain was just telling me there's something off. And yeah. it was the, the, the affection, the, the, the kind of touchy side of things was the main thing. Because she's a very touchy person and so am I. And there's no way we are sitting in the living room and either I've, I've got my hands on her or she's got a foot on it. And then all of a sudden that just like kind of stopped. And then she's yep. sat on the other end of the sofa to me or when she's close to me like five minutes and then she's off again. And then she's, you know, yep. you start thinking, hold on. Like usually when we're sat on the sofa, there's no reason for you to move. I mean, you sat next to me. We could just, we could be there for hours just talking or watching absolute nonsense. And then yeah. she would get up and then she would sit on the on the dining table on her phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, like, since when do we do that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a little yeah. things like that. But you try, I tried to talk myself out of it for weeks um, until eventually yeah. I'm like, okay, look, this is getting ridiculous. Even like in bed, like most of the time, right? Eighty percent of the time, she's like sleeping on me. Like, mm -hmm. and now she's done the that way, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like what? Yeah, and and what that's and it's tough, but I mean, number one behavior, um, and it well, the number one key I think for most people is change behavior. Um, for women, you can get something called bacterial vaginosis, and it's it's not like it's not an STD or anything. It's just it, it's when you get a really funky smell. I'm just gonna keep it real, and it's real strong. Like you could smell it, they could smell it, and that usually that happens when your pH gets thrown off. Now you've been with this person, and you are not using protection, and all of a sudden they're dipping it somewhere else, and they're dipping with you. Women know because your whole freaking pH gets thrown off, and all of the sudden out of nowhere. Uh -uh. So men, nice try. I mean, truly, it really does. It's a real huge indicator. Like you're constantly having some kind of something down there and it's gross to even talk about, but it really happens to women. Like it's interesting. Like it tells on you. 
<laughs> and so, uh, you know, um, they obviously you can sometimes avoid that, but like, that's also just, just horrible. That betrayal of like having sex with somebody else with no protection, just completely raw and coming back home and raw with your person. That's like really low, 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 right. low. I, I can't get, so I've got one of my friends that's been cheated on as well, but you know, it's like an acquaintance literally. And he was telling me the guy was really, you can tell he was, he was hurt and he was trying to ask me how does he get over it? And I didn't have any advice for him. I was just like, look, you just have to, you just, I, I don't know. One day, exactly. there's not really a solid answer, right? You go, you cry. The worst thing, the only answer I have is to feel your shit. Don't push it away. And I don't care if you're male or female. Do Mm. not, when we run from our emotions, all we do is create a bigger fire. That's the thing. Well, I couldn't, it was hard for me because it was the first time I've been cheated on in my whole life and I could not voice it to him. Like he yeah. felt like he was, he really needed the help and he could, he could have done with the assist from my side because I've experienced it before. But I felt so bad. I was like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. I just took it day by day. And, and he goes, and I think he was, he was asking me, oh, how do you get over when things remind you of them? And I'm like, you don't like everything you see around you, every joke you made that reminded you of them will still remind you of them. Like, there's just nothing. And and that's just part of it. That's like, if you have trauma, like, let's not, let's take it away from betrayal trauma of abuse and and cheating and things like that. When you have any kind of trauma, you're always going to be triggered and you already set yourself up for failure. If your goal is to never be triggered again, that's impossible. You cannot control that. So the goal, the expectation needs to be realistic in the sense of, I am going to be triggered, but the goal of healing is to learn how to move through it when it happens. Like like a river, you let it come, you feel it, you you process it, and then you choose to like move through it again. And that's what the healing process will teach you. When you, and some people, some people can come to that on their own. Like I think people who have had experiences where they've really healed, and now you can draw on that and you look back and you're like, okay, I've been through some shit. So I know I'm going to get through this and it sucks, but that's how you develop resiliency is learning from the hardships in life. And that's how we become mentally and emotionally stronger. And, and we understand that I'm alive. So life is going to suck sometimes that's part of being human. So let's just adjust our expectations to be reality based and not, um, the romance of Hollywood base, like, oh, he's going to sweep me off my feet and we're happily ever after. No. Oh, I went and saw the most amazing therapist um, and now I'm healed. It eh, doesn't work like that. That's a fairy tale. So <laughs> you keep your head back out of the, cow, the cloud, Care Bear, and come back down to reality. So adjust your expectations. Yeah. But so this kind of leads into another, t- another question that I have. Um, how do you see technology and social media impacting communication trust and intimacy inside of relationships someone someone said something to me a few years ago and i didn't really believe them when it comes to social media and they mentioned everybody thinks they have a lot of options but in reality they don't uh, there's a big difference if you, between people that want you online and people that really, really want you, like in real life. 
Mm-hmm. But because of how social media has really integrated into our lives, we've blurred that line. Before, it used to be very clear that, okay, look, you're saying whatever you're saying or making these moves based on what you see online. And it's just, it is what it yeah. is. And you trust the people mm-hmm. that are in front of you actually making real moves towards you um, to show their interest. But now yeah. that social media is so integrated into our lives that you find it difficult to tell which is which, um, which, which is crazy. Yeah. But to me, the whole like social media thing and that option thing that guy told me, it, it's real because at any given point, if you post the right picture, say the right thing, you will attract certain kind of people. But then you can never tell what they really want. Do they yeah. want you for you or do they just want you because you're an extra option in their list of millions of options they've got on social media? So mm-hmm. I have this this kind of rule when it comes to social media relationship for the first couple of weeks or you know for for me for the first two maybe even three months depends nothing should be on social media about me and you and when i had this discussion on one of the lives i was on on tiktok everyone thought hmm that sounds suspect you're trying to hide it i was like no far from it after three months she, you know we can go for it but it's just i have an understanding that that first couple of months, it's just me and you. We need to get to know each other without any interference from social media, from people that see the picture, that are people that don't like me or people that want you as a woman. None of those people, we don't want anything from them. We want it to be focused on just me and you. We're not listening to anyone else. See how that develops. After that few couple of weeks or three months, if we're still as strong as we started, okay, yeah, then let's later introduce us to the mm-hmm. world which mm-hmm. guaranteed people will get involved mm-hmm. like it's people can't they can't they can't help themselves they will get involved they will say something they might see something in the past i've had someone <laughs> <I'm> a, <laughs> in the past i have had someone take a screenshot of a conversation i had with them to my to my girl and it was it was crazy now here's the thing about me when i see someone's being a bit weird, I record everything. I screenshot everything. I don't know, maybe that's my paranoid recruitment HR head where if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. So when I see someone's acting a bit weird towards me, I will screenshot it, I will record it. It can go into my my, my storage and just leave it there. Luckily for me, I did. So what she did was actually take a shot, but she didn't take the date um, at the bottom. And the conversation wasn't, she didn't take the full conversation. So she deleted her her response, and it took a shot of mine Mm -hmm. and sent Mm -hmm. it to her. And it was close. Like, I had to convince my girl that, hey, listen, do you know this woman? She's like, no. I was like, well, I do. And we had a very brief conversation. Nothing happened between us. And she basically went, well, is this the guy you're dating? He was talking to me. And I'm like, did she tell you when or how long? She went, well, she's got proof. I was like, no. Did she tell you when? This was six months ago. And she's like, oh, but she got proof right there. I was like, well, I've got the real proof, which is a it's not proof that there's no date. It's not That's proof. But then she with, saw my picture and my name. And everything else, you can create whatever the hell you want. You can create fake, deep fake videos that looks like you're talking. There we go. And I was so confused. Oh, I was like, let's crazy let's that you. It's crazy that you feel like you have to screenshot things just as like proof or anything else. But that yeah, is, is. On, on some level, the world we live in. 
See, now I think a little bit differently from you. There's a part of me that says I should be able to post me and my person online if I want to. The decision that he and I have made is that we don't post each other online. Now there is, my Facebook is locked down to, I pretty much, I know you personally. So I don't, I'm not a big Facebooker. Um, If I post to Facebook, it's because it shoots over from my Instagram, but I really only have crappy Facebook because of my family Um, and like close friends that live far and far. So if I have ever posted a picture of he and I, it has only ever been on my Facebook and it's not public and it's only been a couple Um, that said, like, I think, unfortunately, there's so many toxic men and women in the world that do not respect that people are in a relationship. And for some reason, for some people, it's a challenge even more so when they know you're in a relationship and if they have an interest in you and they don't genuinely care about you as a person, because if they did, they would not step in trying to weasel their way into your life in a DM or otherwise. Now, the other thing is, is that unfortunately, like say somebody from your past wants to come up. Like, I think it's crazy that somebody must like shit you're saying like, Oh my God, this happened like six years ago. Why would that matter to, why would something that my guy had lived through or any situation from six years ago matter to me right now, if he's not still in, you know what I mean? So I think it's, now I think, I think the only thing for me is that if you're in a relationship and you're, you don't have, you don't have to tell everybody, you don't have to plaster it all over the world, but I do think people should know that you're not single. I do think for me that unfortunately, like in the world that we're in, like, don't make it look like you're available if you're not either. Oh, absolutely. It, it goes back to that thing where it's for me, it's, it's a big part of the trust for me. Because look, <laughs> if I, if someone asks me, are you single? Even though I haven't posted my girl, I will tell you, yes, I am. No, I'm not. It's, mm-hmm. it's a straight mm-hmm. answer. There, there, yeah. There's no, um, maybe, there, there should be no middle. It's a yes or no answer. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in a relationship with you, the fact that I haven't posted my girl, maybe say in that first three months, like, any answer or any advances that come from that, in the, I need to shut yep. that down. Like, there's there's no conversation. Right. Like, look, right. I think I know where this is going, but just to let you know, I'm seeing something. Just no, the answer is no. Because, yeah. like, you can't blame them. So I can't blame a woman for advance towards me if they don't, if I haven't posted. They don't know. Well. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. Exactly. So they're not psychic. But when mm-hmm. they do make that move, I can tell them, hey, look, listen, thank you. I'm flattered, but I've got a girl and I'm, I'm it's very serious and that's it and if they if they insist on keep you know to carry on like you said there's some toxic people out there i don't care then i could just go well say hello to my blood button because well it is what it right is. and and then here's 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 the famous next question that's followed up well are you happy <laughs> i've seen i've seen a couple of that online i'm like <laughs> exactly you're laughing because like are you kidding me right now i just told you i'm not in a relationship now two things can happen if i don't know somebody this happens because remember when i used to go live with the gal who was from lebanon and a bunch of arab men would like request for my marriage (laughs) yeah and they were like all these things i mean i would (laughs) i haven't been on live with her in a long time and i love her to death but it's like i would have like 500 new followers and 400 marriage requests in my dms it's absurd (laughs) i won't even open them if i don't know you 
And you can't clearly see that it says I'm in a relationship. And I talk about being in a relationship all the time. You yeah. know my guy, but I'm not going to post it publicly. I'm not posting him, especially with his following. No, I'm just not doing it. Um, but <laughs> but I'm like, I just won't. Like, if I follow you back and you're a dude, it's not an invitation to come give me some DM. Like, where did that even start? I'm following you back because you're supporting my page and I want to support your page. The end. There's no, I want your junk attached to that follow back. And it's gotten so stupid that I don't even want to follow guys back anymore because I'm like, I'm not here. Like I have a mental health page. What part of that do you think is a fucking open dating forum? <laughs> See, th th so this, is where, this is where the problem comes in when uh, like with all uh, the social media thing. Like people don't understand boundaries anymore because they up. think, you're on social media. So you're yeah. in, I'm hidden, I'm hidden behind my phone or my laptop. <laughs> boundaries now, well, poof, it, yeah. boundaries are gone. But in, in real life, like if you think about it, I a lot of these men probably would not come to you to, to say some of the dumb shit they No, hell no, they wouldn't. But They're just brave the behind the screen. Exactly. So like this is where social media is given oh, what I want to call what false confidence, if that's you know, yeah. if that's yeah. a good way to put it. To, for people to cross boundaries, they know you've set, yeah. and they just don't care. Like, and mm -hmm. and the funny thing is, I've got you know that that woman that that did that nonsense. I blocked her. I have known her for quite a while as well. Um, she was on someone that we we followed each other and obviously that kind of thing. And I made my move. She did it like I was interested, so I just kept yeah. moving. So it was right. crazy. So when I blocked her, it was quite interesting because it she tried to make it look like it was like I, I was doing something horrible mm -hmm. and I thought hold on you acted this way I don't know why you would what to break me and this new girlfriend up so you can get a chance again or you just right. like me trying to ask you out I, I didn't understand it right why are you making me trying to because she went on my I blocked her on, on Instagram it was that time when the it's not linked I think now if you block someone on Instagram, it will also block block them on then. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was that time where I blocked her on Instagram, but she she reached out on Facebook. Now mm -hmm. I'm like, you can't make me mm -hmm. the bad guy in this scenario. No, and it's I think I think that like kind of circling back to the question itself too, like how social media impacts communication, trust, and intimacy. The way that social media has created the interpretation has become absurd. So, like for example. I don't, at this point, because I'm in a relationship, I don't even want to heart or like a, a man's post mm. or make a comment under another man's post because it can be misconstrued in the immaturity of social media's mentality and what it has created that I might be interested in you. I mean, we've talked about like, so my guy and the, the absurd comments that are left on, on his videos. <laughs> because all these ratchet women with no freaking sense of maybe your comment is really <laughs> tacky and it's not cute. But anyway, it's always been entertaining to me. It's it's never been a threat. <laughs> it's never given me a reason to believe I need to be threatened. And this was going on way before I was ever in his life. So and I and I've always teased him about it. That said, I still wonder sometimes because sometimes, you know, you will just go through and like each person's comment. But if you're liking a woman's comment that's slightly twisted or inappropriate, what are you telling that person? 
And if, if a man's going through and say, there's somebody that you're just like, you don't have any interest in, but you continuously like their videos. It yeah. now the social media world has created this guy's interested in me. He's liking all of my stuff. And as yeah. stupid and juvenile as I believe that mentality to be, it is a real thing. So I think when we talk about social media, if you're constantly commenting on another woman's post and you're in a relationship as a, and you're the man and vice versa, if I'm constantly throwing hearts or doing things, it can it can be misconstrued by others and it can be misconstrued by that person. And I think that's the tragic side of social media because yeah. there are those of us in the world that want to support your page. We want to push your content and we want to do these things, but then now I can't because you're going to show up in my DM. Hey, beautiful. What? <laughs> I just was liking your workout um, instructions for what you can do at home. Like it's silly to me, but it also wow. is such a real thing that we have to deal with in relationships. And I also think that social media can pull away from your connection and intimacy if you have people that are on it all the time. I know. it's, it's Especially it's, if it's, it's not for business. So yeah. I don't want to knock it. You know, I mean, if you are, if you're dating an influencer, you have to know what you signed up for. If you're dating somebody that runs their own businesses and they're promoting their businesses or these personal trainers or whatever, and, and you're trying to support that, you know, say you're a, a female personal trainer and you connect with male personal trainers. It It's stupid that you can't just uh, want to support somebody without yeah. it being misconstrued of you want my nuts or my. <laughs> it's, it's stupid, but it's so real that it's almost maddening sometimes. <laughs> it, it, it's that level of thing. It's just the way is where we are right now, just based on the progression of social media in, as a whole. As a, as a, mm -hmm. And for me, that. I think we need to introduce what well, if, if I had to kind of approach this from a logical kind of standpoint, I think we need you need to introduce some rules uh, when it comes to kind of relationship. Yeah, relationship. right. Absolutely part of the dating. That's the thing. So for me, if we if we both know we are very we're both very active on social mm -hmm. media, which you know I am. Yeah. Na naturally, you will get some things that will come that you might either take offense from or you might think is inappropriate. Right. I don't control those things, but those things will will pop up in whatever mm -hmm. course. We don't know which one. Right. Now, if we have my my thing is always look, let's talk about this. How do we approach social media? Okay, now we're in a relationship. How do we approach this? Now, if it's I think one of the last thing I did in one of my last relationships was look, liking someone else's thing, as long as it's not like a like provocative, you know, yeah, picture, right. Like liking someone else's picture that you've known before our relationship. I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. What I'm paying attention to, what might kind of send me going, hmm, what's going on? It's the comments, it's what you write. Yeah. And let's be honest, we're, we're all adults enough. We know what our comments will sound like. It could be provocative mm -hmm. and it could be it could be read different ways. So if simple example, if I saw a shot of one of my friends and you know it wasn't provocative, it was just a nice shot, I can say oh, that's a great shot. And nobody will read too much into that, and that will be it. Right. Uh, if I started getting a lot more detail to you know and start, stuff I write, I would know my girl sees this, she'll be like, What the fuck? And so I would know that the moment I write it, even if I didn't know and I wrote it and I looked and I thought, That's mm -hmm. a bit suspect, delete, rewrite it. But mm -hmm. if, if we have those kind of rules, I think things can work. Well, that's what's worked for me anyway in my relationship. Yeah. relationship. So when she saw all this, 
crazy comments, like, you know, in some of my posts, especially on Instagram, I can't go in there to delete them on black people. I, I just liked it. No comments to encourage yeah. it. Just liked and kept it going because it mm-hmm. is what it is. Right. And she understood that because she was she had a bigger following than me anyway. So of she understood course. that. And, and that's where your your own maturity and always communication comes into play because you you have to understand what you're walking into. Now, it, mm-hmm. if things are different, you started one way and all of a sudden this person's here and they're hiding their phone and their phone's constantly upside down and they can't talk on the phone in front of you. Like, that's the shit that looks suspect. And it's like, what are you hiding? And, um, you know, so I think that you just have to be mature. And like you said, you've got to talk about you have to talk about that. So me, myself, like if I post something and I've gotten to the point, unfortunately, that like I can post a video and if it has a picture of myself, let's just say that if it has a picture of me and there's a post, if men comment on it, I won't even like the fucking comment. I just can't do it anymore because I'm like, I'm so sick of the stupidity attached to it <laughs> that I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I can't tell you like, I've, I've really like, you know, you and I are kind of more recently active on threads and it's like, if guys follow me, I just won't follow them back. I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it anymore because of this juvenile mentality of like, Oh, she followed me back. Let me try to slip into her DMS. I'm so over (laughs) absolutely childish mentality, but it's the world that we live in. So I'm not messing with it. I'm not messing with it at all. Now, I have two more questions because Kay and I can talk for freaking hours on end. We had a six and a half hour live one time. So we're going to keep pushing through this to make this palatable to listen to. Um, What are your thoughts? Okay, I'm going to preface this too. So Kay and I were kind of reviewing some of the questions we were going to talk about, you guys. And I and he's like, two of these I just made videos on for this week. And I haven't seen them. And I was like, ah, oh, see, that's why we do this together. Because we're on the same page sometimes. Um, we've been doing this for a long time. Okay, yep. what are your age? Oh, your, your age. How old are you, Kay? I'm just kidding. Um, I'm old. <laughs> shut the hell up. You're younger than me. What are your thoughts on age gaps in dating? Is there a good one? Is there a bad age gap? Should it ever happen? Do we care what other people think? At what point mm-hmm. are you considered a pedophile? Where are you mm-hmm. at with it all? Right. So, let's go. <laughs> Look at him. He's like, oh, God, this is like, you get ready to go uh, out on the field. <laughs> This is such a this is such a subject that I know just like it, it goes crazy whatever platform I approach it on and people don't take it very well because they use their own personal experience to, to pull into it and it, it always baffles me and as far as the whole age thing is concerned look okay legally we know what everybody knows what's legal correct in, in, in whatever country you're in we all know that mm-hmm. for me I believe anybody over the age of twenty okay, will have the right to choose who they want to date. They, they're not stupid. They know enough. At that age, any, at the moment you go 2021, 20, everybody treats you like an adult. Even the court of law, well, in the UK anyway, they will yes. treat you as an adult, 100%. Okay. Now, saying that, when, whenever I see people go against, oh, she's 22, she's 23, and she shouldn't be talking to like 35-year-old men, and I'm just like, hold on. Look, at this point, 
she's decided to date this man. You know, it's not a case of where this man is forcing her to be in a relationship with him. Okay, morally, do you think it's wrong? Okay, fine. But that's your moral stance on it. You still have to let her make her own decision. The same thing with young men as well. So if a 22-year-old guy decides, okay, I want to date a 38-year-old woman. Like, mm-hmm. Most men generally tend not to care too much about this because we're thinking is gonna two things is going to happen. Number one, he's either going to fall in love with this woman and this 38-year-old woman, vice versa, and they will start a beautiful life together, you know, and everything will go smoothly. Or number two, he's going to learn a very, very hard lesson, a lesson like nobody can teach him, but it's going to be a hard life lesson where he would never date anyone older than him anymore. Now, I don't know which one of those is going to happen, but I'm not going to insert myself into the middle of it to then block whatever is about to happen. But because for me, I'm thinking, look, if you're going to be at that age, like at 22, 23, I'm telling you right now, I will treat you, if you were my son, I will treat you as an adult. And I will tell you, I was like, look, I believe you should be dating someone a little bit younger, but I'm not going to stop you from dating this 38-year-old woman. But go go have your experience and see if this is her. But what would your problem with that be? Is it just simply the fact that it's too big of an age gap or is it the why the age gap is a problem because playing devil's advocate yeah you're a 40 year old man dating a 28 year old girl why can't you find someone your own age i'm going to play devil's advocate the crap that you're not good you women your age won't date you so you have to go with somebody that's younger and dumber and malleable okay see that's where i have a problem with that and by the way see that devil's advocate is is the usual Thing that people usually right. say to that. Right. Now, here's the thing. Let's think, okay, let's just think about this logically. A 40-year-old man who say doesn't have any kids, a 40-year-old man that wants two kids, which he still can, would he date someone his own age? Like, I don't know a lot of I know a few 40-year-old women like 38, and they're like, you know what? I don't want kids anymore because I just right. it's, it's, it's a different part of my life. And that's fair. Right. But if you know this 40-year-old man still want kids and and you keep saying, go date people your own age, but people his own but age at 40. You want two kids. Why can't you date a 35-year-old? Why has it got to be a 28-year-old? Okay. Think about it, though. If you start dating someone, what do you, what do you, what's the process? If you think about it, what's the number of process? <laughs> if, okay, if, I, if I meet you, if I meet you at, say, 36, you know, very my age, if I meet you at 36, what happens? It's going to take us, unless we're planning to have a baby, like, right there and there, it's going to take us, what, a year to get to know each other, to get to move in together. Then it's going to take us another year to actually build this relationship to say, you know what? So you think my eggs are rotten because I'm 35? (laughs) I'm 35. No, you know that's not what I mean. Uh, Just being the devil's advocate over here. You could easily have two kids in a three-year span and be done by 38. I know you can, you can, but and I'm not just, anybody was, listening. I'm not coming for K specifically, but this is the crap K, and I hear these are the things that I hear. Um, I know because for me, uh, but then again, I'm more. I want to be in a solid relationship before I want kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which again, I'm gonna shut myself in the foot for waiting this long, but mm-hmm. I still I want that that baseline of twenty. You know, like you know, at least two three years maybe it's two years of us being in a relationship i agree i agree before we have kids and i feel that's so important because a a year 
might give me a chance to know you. Another year will just solidify that whole thing, maybe moving together. Before now, what happened? And I am going to ask this specifically for you. Yeah. A direct K question. I'm not being funny. What if you meet the girl of your dreams and she is not, she's infertile or she had some, any reason that she cannot give you babies out of her own belly? It would not be a deal breaker for me. It won't be a deal breaker for me. Yeah. I think my thing is more the fact that she wants kids. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be her kids. Right. Like, you know, so if I meet her and I have no doubt in my heart she's the one, mm -hmm. I would happily go adopt kids with her. My where I where I draw the line is okay, if you don't want kids at all. And then I'm yeah. like, look, yeah. okay, that's your choice. I respect it. But mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, good. Side note. I just thought I'd throw that out for all the, you know, K admirers in the world. <laughs> who, uh, wants some, who wants some of this coconut daddy? <laughs> I'm so going to have that shirt ready for you when you come visit us. <laughs> You're going to have it maybe in a budgie smuggler as well. <laughs> You're going to forget about that, but guess not. I'm never going to forget that word because it's just as um, visually traumatizing as banana hammock. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we're talking about Speedos for anybody not understanding. But anyways, back to the question, <laughs> age gap. Before I forget, okay, look. So how, where do you stand when it's a, say, 22-year-old woman, you know? In terms of them making their decision, their own decision from from a woman's perspective, because I'm just giving you a beautiful mm -hmm. from a guy's perspective to say, look, mm -hmm. if I had a son, I would not stop it him dating yeah. a 30 year old woman, like at 23. At 23, no. Okay. I would I wouldn't stop it because I don't feel it's my place to stop him mm -hmm. because okay. what because my fear would be what happens if it was the one like what happens if that relationship just worked. And everything was perfect for them, and he's genuinely happy. If I stop that, I would feel miserable. True, and I do think that there's always outliers to every scenario. You know, nothing is this or that. We all know. I just don't think like that in general. Um, what my to answer your question, if I had a 23 year old son dating a 38 year old, I'd say your fucking brain isn't even fully developed. So there's that. Enjoy it while you can. Um, cause you know, that's where I'm going. I've actually <laughs> told my nieces and nephews that none of them are allowed to get married before the age of 25 because their brain's not done developing yet. So you don't even, and I also, um, I think though, I think though, even though my cheeky answer is your brain's not developed, my real answer is your twenties are really a time of discovery. Yeah, It's really a time of learning, you know, and then when you hit your thirties, you almost feel like an old fart compared to a 20-year-old mentality. You don't think the same way at 22 as you do at 30. And then imagine how that feels at 40 versus 20s. So I think there's a lot that factors into age gaps. Now, before the current relationship that I am in, I never, ever dated older. Anytime I'd go out on one date with an older guy, or sometimes even just in the conversation, I was like, no, thanks. I have a dad. And you're not, I'm not a little twat puppet that you can just, <laughs> I don't care. So no, I'm not the one. I'm too mouthy for that shit to be bossed around, like just disrespectfully because you're the man and I have to listen to you. Mm, no, I'm not it. I'm not it. I am not it. Um, I always dated younger, but 
the thing for me was that younger men in my experience okay were also african men they weren't even american men and and they were they have such a different mentality so like when i only speak from my experience and not for everybody else they were they were always family oriented and they always they they tended to think more long term the way that they treated you was very different um again in my own experience folks don't get your panties in a twist um and it worked because um you know and i'm talking like i was 35 i remember one one guy i dated was like 27 when i was 35 but he like full on had like his shit together like he had a house he he worked he had a really prominent job um with Verizon and like tended to have their crap together more than men my own age you know what and so that was my own experience yeah see just to piggyback off that see growing up in Nigeria you have a different very very different view because I'm lucky enough to have lived half my life in Nigeria Mm -hmm. and the other half here because you can seriously tell where the where the gaps Mm -hmm. are the difference yeah yeah very and in Nigeria, like an eighteen-year-old man is treated very, very differently. Mm-hmm. The UK. In the UK, oh, I found yeah. out seriously. I came to this country when I was fourteen, and people were still being held with like kid Eric. gloves at, at fourteen. Baby, it was death. It was it was incredible. Like the moment I turned thirteen, my my grandma, my uncles were like, "Right, you need to start thinking about future, and you know, you have to look after your family." Half mm-hmm. the shit I knew when it comes to looking after my family. Like people in this country didn't even know it at 18 because they mm-hmm. felt you're still yeah. a baby. In Africa, your environment like dictates how quick you grow up. Like I had yeah. people younger than me in Nigeria that they were like going to the market in the morning and they were like 11 like in Nigeria. And I used to look at them and go, what, what the hell? And if you put, if you tell an 11 year old to wake up at 5 a.m. to go to the market in the UK, I guarantee you child services will take that kid away from you. Because they, <laughs> they will see it completely okay. different. Yeah. But yeah. in Nigeria, go, go yeah. to the market over there and people just, mm-hmm. and if, you, if you've been doing that, because your, your environment demands it mm-hmm. and your family are telling you, right, we need to start teaching you yeah. this because at 18, you're the man of the house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You start thinking very differently. You're, so right. when you see people that grew up in Africa come to this country, that's where you mm-hmm. can meet those kind of men. You think, why are you so grown so quickly? Like mm-hmm. you're not like this. It's because that's how we were trained in Nigeria. That's what the environment yeah. demanded. So when we came over here, we're like, oh, got all this stuff. Cool. Like let's mm-hmm. do it. It, it is different. Fun. And then and then I will take that and raise it to America, where we got a lot of moms that just don't let cut the freaking umbilical cord with their sons <laughs> or they do everything and then you see you see men that go into relationships thinking oh well my mom did everything so you're supposed to as well yeah and what's, what's my favorite answer to that do you remember <laughs> do you have sex with your mom Ooh, oh that oh uh, yeah. No. yeah i'm not your mama do you have sex with your mom? No? Oh, okay. Then I'm not doing everything for you. Have a good day. Yeah, so that's my that, answer. That, that's a different. Just actually a question to you. Do you find the Nigerian men or African men that you date in general, do they already expect that? Or have you? Do they, do they just kind of crack on with it? No? 
No, I mean, they, they were very much, I felt like in my experiences dating, which I had a horrible episode with a Somalian. I, I had a, a good like eight month dating experience with a Somalian. Um, uh, I think there was Ethiopian and Nigerian in that mix. Um, and every single one of them, the way that it was very much like believed in reciprocity. Mm. And that was my experience. And it was very much like they were gentlemen and, and, um, and they treated you well. And, and I'm telling you, they were all younger than me. They all had very thriving, thriving careers. Um, the Nigerian guy, I didn't even know that he was like a freaking millionaire. I had no idea. Like he, the first time we ever went on a date, he drove, he showed up in a Nissan Sentra, like an older Nissan Sentra. Um, and he lived in a, like a nice, but like for that money, humble apartment. I mean, it was a nice apartment, cost some change to be in it. Um, but like he, he would never let me open a door. He would never let me pay for anything. And that's always a little bit weird for me, but, uh, that's my <laughs> But I mean, you know what I mean? He, he picked me up. He never let me drive. We never met anywhere um, in person or, you know, whatever. Like it was just, it was just very different. And then they very much were like every single one of them knew how to cook. Like they were like born chefs. You know what I mean? Like they know how to, they knew it was just a very different experience um, from even just talking with American men. Okay. And I'm not anti-American men. I'm, I'm happily with one. Um, but, but it is interesting. It is an interesting, I remember one time and I always thought this was such a beautiful, um, concept, you know, because a lot of women, I look gross. I look fat. I'm this, I'm that, whatever. And I, I was, uh, at the time at this office that I was managing, uh, in dental, I had a couple Ethiopian female um, employees. And yeah. the one she had told me, she said, you know, you don't ever, ever talk badly about yourself in African culture. And I was like, well, why? And she said, now hang tight with me, Americans. This might hurt some heads here for a second. <laughs> Just keep an open mind. But she said, because you belong to your husband. Now in America, this will cause people's heads to explode <laughs> and it's not a possession. Okay. This is a different culture. So grow up. Um, but like, basically I I'm a reflection of my husband and the reason you don't make fun of yourself or talk poorly about yourself is because he chose you not because he's possessive and controlling of you, but because he chose you. So when you knock yourself, and I don't know if this is a Nigerian belief or if it was just like an Ethiopian concept, but I thought it was beautiful in the sense of when you talk poorly about yourself, not only is it damaging to you, but you're basically telling your husband that he made a poor choice and you're questioning his judgment. And I thought, wow, that's such a beautiful twist on like love and just your whole relationship as a whole. Like I wouldn't want I mean, I don't think about it in those terms, but I just, I loved that. And it really oh. changed, it really changed, that stuck with me ever since, you know? So even, even now, even though I'm, I'm with an American man, like, I don't want to talk badly about myself just because that concept is in there. Like it is like, he chose me. It's a, it's a great thing to have. It's yeah, I thought that was that. really, really beautiful. 
and it, they do date in Nigeria as well. So you know when like people mm-hmm. have like the, the household name. So the, the man's yeah. surname is the household name kind of thing, mm-hmm. and people will say you're representing that household, which is his mm-hmm. name. So anything mm-hmm. under that name is should be treated as much respect as the man, as whoever's in, under yeah. that umbrella. So like when it comes to like your family and everything like that, it's supposed to be like that. So when you either talk bad about yourself, the surname, you're not just talking about yourself anymore. You're right. not talking bad about the, 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 the whole family, basically. Yeah. And even get to a point to where people might think the man's not doing what he's supposed to do because he's not looking after you. That's what right. you feel bad. So the rest of the yes. falls back on that man. So And that's what she told that blew my mind when she told me that when she was like, like if you don't look good, if you're not taking care of yourself, like say you don't you like it. Like, and I don't mean like your hair and your nails. I'm talking like, say you've got some raggedy clothes on because you chose to be a certain kind of comfort or or maybe more, maybe the guy isn't taking care of you, but it came down to the fact of like, oh, uh, cause for like, this was the other part that would have blow up some Americans' minds is when they're like, you're not, I wouldn't be Brittany. It would be Kay's wife. Like you yeah. almost kind of don't have your own name, if you will, but because yeah. of that cultural belief and difference and whatnot. So it's like, oh, Kay's not taking care of his home and his wife and his family. Like it and is a reflection of the family. Very seriously. Like, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you wanna really get under the skin of a Nigerian man, like a like a proper Nigerian man, mm-hmm. look at his wife, his kids, and tell him tell them they look raggedy or they're not he's not looking after them yeah i don't think any self-respect nigerian man would happily just let you say that without challenging it it's right like, it's like, a huge insult yeah exactly yeah you can insult me as yeah. a man but the fact that you think i'm not looking out for my family right any nigerian man will take that personally I, mm-hmm. if he's not then he clearly doesn't care about his family because yeah. that's a that's a different level of insult, even rather than the, the name calling. Right? Name calling, yes, eh, yeah. that's nothing. But that, mm-hmm. oof, especially if he's looking after <laughs> them, that yeah. you would take that yeah. personally. And it's it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy because like you go into that kind of culture, like if you grew up in that kind of culture, like you learn things very 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 quickly, yeah. and you have to like move mm-hmm. and adapt very quickly. So mm-hmm. that's why I realized going back to the to the age gap thing that I can never win. Because the, right. the ladies I'm arguing with don't have my experience of the Nigerian culture where you grow up very quickly, you grow up yeah. very fast, you're the man of the house a lot younger. And this is not just a man of the house as a joking thing, as in yeah. if my dad's not around, I am the man of that house um, right. on, certain, on certain things. And I had, and that, mm-hmm. dad had to teach me that. My uncles had to teach me that. And they started when I was, what, 12? Like, so... It's something that you have to learn very, very quickly. So when mm-hmm. people are saying, oh, I can't make my own decisions on the whole today at 23. Yeah. If you said that in Nigeria, they would be like. Not oh. at all. You know well, and that's, so- and that's the thing. And like culture matters, different co- countries, different, you know, religion. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into like anybody's beliefs. And then we start to see offense or controversy because we're only looking at it from our own perspective and my question and 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 the easiest way for me to kind of encourage people to think outside of that is okay I'm a 43 year old woman 
is a, is a 25 year old man trying to hit on me? Am I contemplating dating a 25 year old? No, I'm not. So why do I need to get huffy about it? But I do understand. And like, but there's the thing too, like in America, it's very individualistic. We, we don't think about the collective. When I think I'm going to do something, I'm just going to do it. And, and I'm the same way. Like, I don't think about, I mean, I do. I think things like my mom might die if she sees this. If I was thinking about putting up something risque, right? I would like, I can never do it because my mom would die. But, so not but only, in general. No, no only fans for you then. <laughs> no what? <laughs> no only fans. <laughs> uh, no, afraid, afraid not. Afraid not. Um, you know, maybe when mom dies, if I get real desperate. Uh, no, but uh, most definitely would die. Uh, but however, like we in America, we don't think about the shame it brings to our family. And that is very common in almost every other culture. Many, many, many more so than not. There is a collectivist culture. The family unit matters. So Asia, you know, like the Asian communities, the Latin communities, the African communities, especially and India. Like those are the four that always come to the front of my mind when you think about what you do as an individual will bring shame to your family. Yeah. I, I, That's I not an Indian, American I think thing. Indian one is even, is Asian oh, and Asian culture even higher. Yeah. I'll probably say the Nigerian culture is probably like second or third compared to the Indian mm -hmm. one because they take mm -hmm. it a lot more seriously yeah. um, than, than we do. Yeah. And um, a lot of my, and a lot of my Asian friends, it's very much like you just do what your parents say. You know, yeah. and, and and there's no question about it, you know, and, and I have a friend here that's um, half Korean, uh, half white. I don't remember. I think her dad's like Dutch or something, but, um, you know, and she still lives at home because she's not married and she's 40 something. And like, I remember her telling me when she was in college, she went to talk to a counselor and this white counselor shamed her for not leaving the nest completely oblivious and ignorant to culture in Korea. What, you know? And so I'm like, and that drives me nuts. Like in, and we've talked about that. You've, you've gone to, you've tried therapy twice and there was no even concept or conversation at all surrounding your culture because at your roots, you're Nigerian before you're English. That's the thing. It's very hard to bring that across in almost anything yeah. in, the, in the UK, yeah. especially. Yeah. And it took me way too long to figure out that the people I, you know me, I love a good debate. I live for it. But, <laughs> yeah. but then it took me on certain subjects. I've learned to start backing off because I mm -hmm. know for a fact that they can, no matter how much I try to explain it, they can never understand that this guy is not right. one of us. He didn't grow up in the Western world. He grew right. up in Africa where things were <laughs> mm -hmm. very different. Right. So no matter no matter what I say, they will only see it from a Western perspective. I mm -hmm. just say, "Yep, you're wrong," and I'm just like, mm -hmm. "Okay, you know, well, I'm not gonna." So some subjects I'm not gonna touch, argue with people about, or debate right. with people about. But some I'm like, "Oh, mm -hmm. okay, let's go, let's yeah. go for it." But it's, no, it's I get it. The way it is, you know. Well, and I think it brings us to a good closing point in the sense of like when it comes to dating. I will never not say this. You have to know what your values are, what is important to you to find matching value. Like what values do you need to find in your partner and ignore everything else? It, there's a lot of bitter relationship, single relation, single people out there that are relationship coaches, um, 
trying to give you advice on dating. You get a lot of bitter women out there telling you how men should and shouldn't be. Like men just can't do crap right anymore. You've got bitter men out there talking about these women and it goes every which way. And yeah. as long as you are listening to people speaking from their unhealed hearts, you will not likely have success in finding a partner, especially one that's worth a damn because you're coming with a busted mentality, an unhealed heart, and you're listening to people that are speaking to your hurt and your pain and not health and growth. So my final thought on that is get back in touch with yourself, your roots, do your own healing and figure out what is absolutely a non-negotiable for you in a partner and what are the values that you bring and what values do, does this person need to have? And that's how you start to date. And then ask fiercely bold, honest questions sooner than later so that it doesn't end up being like, shit, I really have a thing for you, but this yeah. is a non-negotiable for me. That's my advice. What's your oh, final thoughts? Oh, I definitely mirror that. Um, I think the older you get, the more you realize how important everything you just said is. Because 10 years ago, I would have avoided asking people about kids on the first date because I would thought, like, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to scare them mm -hmm. off. But now it's a point where, look, this is where I am. This is what I'm thinking about it. And I, I, are we on the same page? Good. Let's get another yeah. drink. Are we not? You know what? It's been nice meeting you, but we're out. Let's not waste each other's time, you know, at the end of the day. It's something we can't, yeah. we can't get our time back. And um, when it comes to values, it's also crazy to me because I have deflected, ignored, whatever word you want to use around the values that I want in a partner because yeah. I don't want to upset them if they don't have those values, which yeah. is preposterous because I'm shooting myself in the foot. I'm compromising something that I shouldn't be compromising. And I, I told one of the uh, women I actually went on a date with a couple of weeks ago that, you know, when it came to values, like she couldn't figure out what she was looking for in terms of value. Bearing in mind, she, I think I was three years older than her, so she's like, what, 35? And mm -hmm. I was a bit worried. I was very worried. I was like, right. 35, you should know your values are what you want in a man. Because mm -hmm. me, my one's very simple. Just understand that if we begin to a relationship, it's me and you against everything else. Mm -hmm. It's not. The moment we get on each other, everything else wins. So mm -hmm. like, if we can be on the same page, understand that it's me and you trying to build something long-term. Yes, we're going to yeah. have other things trying to stick their hands in, but it's always me and you. If mm -hmm. we can get that, if we can be on the same page on that, we can be anything. Like, And I just gen and, and that's staring from my parents. They've been married, yeah. what, 30-something 30, 30 years now? I've seen it all. I've seen them go through mm -hmm. everything. And that's the kind of shit I'm looking for. Like, mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. both of them. If you're trying to get between my mom and dad, Good luck to you. I will sit. I wouldn't even stop you. I would just sit there with popcorn and just watch yeah. you crash and burn. That's how confident I am in their marriage. And I'm <laughs> like, that's the shit I want. Like, mm -hmm. so, and if I don't get that, it's something I'm not going to compromise on. Like, yeah. It, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Stick to your values. <laughs> values matter. Maybe Absolutely. they don't. Uh, if they don't to you, then find somebody that doesn't have values either. Maybe you. See how that crashes and burns. Or maybe it'll be the, the delightful dysfunction of the century. I don't know. Um, just find somebody that mirrors your, you know, own mentality, but also can like help you grow and push you a little bit. You know, we don't want to find a copycat version of ourselves because that's pretty boring and narcissistic. Yep. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, as usual, Kay, thank you. We do have to do this more often because it's fun. Um, yeah. And everybody else tuning in, thanks for listening. Don't forget to like uh, the podcast on whatever form you're listening to. Share it with people, friends, family. And as always, be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Um, I'm Coach Britt. This is Kay. You can find us every Sunday, almost every Sunday on TikTok, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're listening from the UK or that other parts of the world, 6 p.m. UK time. Happy Saturday, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Yeah.